0: Listening to Connection Church's podcast. Good morning, Church. How y'all doing? If you will turn with me to Acts chapter one, that's where we'll be this morning for just a brief minute. This week we're going, we're going into a new series called "The Holy Ghost." We're going we'll to be talking about the Holy Spirit. And I don't know about you guys, but I can feel him this morning in this place. So many times the Holy Spirit is something that, uh, that a lot of us don't understand. Some of us are confused. We've seen how other people um, elevate the Holy Spirit. We've seen how a lot of people revelate the Holy Spirit. Some people don't even want anything to do with the Holy Spirit. They, they treat it like it's, like, like it's something spooky in reality. The holy Spirit is not an it; it's a he. Amen? Amen. So before we go into this anymore, let's let's pray. I just feel like God's really just stirring. Let me let me pray for words. Father. Uh, God, as we uh, as we begin to dive into Your Word, Lord, I just pray, Father, that You would just speak, uh, speak to our hearts, Lord. God, as we've been singing worship. God, we 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 singing that song, "Bless the Lord, O oh my soul." We worship Your holy name, God. So many. Times we sing songs and it's just words on the screen. We fail to remember that you are a God lifted high. You're mighty, Lord. Like Isaiah says, that your train of your robe filled the temple. Lord, how magnificent you are. You're so big, Lord. When I look into the skies, I like looking into your eyes, Lord. God, we try to be the king of our own kingdom and not really submit to you. So today, God, I pray that you would make us realize where we have trying to reign our own lives instead of putting you first. God, I pray that this whole service would be centered around you and it would give you glory. And God, I pray that you would move in our hearts so that we don't stay the same, that we leave this place transformed on mission for you, God. Help us, God, be centered on you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So so the Holy Spirit, I I want us to understand, today we're going to be talking about how the the importance and the purpose of the Holy Spirit in our lives. And it's one of the most misunderstood aspects of God. Um, Oftentimes, we treat the Holy Spirit like uh, like he's this neighbor next door that everybody says is weird, so we don't want to have anything to do with him. We don't don't try to go meet him. We don't try to go talk to him. We just kind of, we acknowledge he's there, but we don't want anything to do with him. And God, we got to realize the Holy Spirit is not an it. It's a part of the Trinity. It's still God. He's still God. And there's a lot of misconceptions about the Holy Spirit. And and, and being a pastor, I see those things a lot. But when I wasn't, when I was not saved, when somebody would say Holy Spirit, I was kind of like, Man, them people kind of crazy. <laughs> Somebody would speak about the Holy Spirit, the first thing that would come to my mind was, that's them, that's them dancing in the aisle, tongue talking type people. And it, and it, and it just it had that persona because I didn't understand what the Holy Spirit does in our lives and what His purpose was. And, and it's just crazy because a lot of times we think that it's an it. We say, we say it does this or it does that. And he's a part of the Trinity. It's the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. He, he's, he's no less God than Jesus or God the Father. It's all three of them in one. So for us to not pay attention to the Holy Spirit is like us not paying attention to Jesus. Us not paying attention to the Holy Spirit is like, it's like really just saying, God, this isn't important to me. And God's—it's like you can't have a piece of God. You won't. You, or, or it's either all or nothing. Amen? Amen. So so many times we're not experiencing the life, the Christian life God's intended us to have because we've kind of been pushing off the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit enables us to live this life out victoriously. Amen. Amen. I'm gonna make you talk to me today. A lot of us think that the Holy Spirit it kind of comes and it goes. It kind of comes on you and then it goes away. That's a misconception. We think sometimes a lot of people think that the only reason for the Holy Spirit is for people to be able to speak in tongues and and, in other languages. That's what they think. A lot of people have relegated the Holy Spirit thinking that it was important at Pentecost, but it's not really important now. You know, it was important back in the days when there were miracles happening and all that stuff, but you know, that's not really important right now. I'm here to tell you something. My God is a God that still does miracles today. And he does it through the Holy Spirit. And we also have a misconception that the Spirit can be controlled. We can control the Spirit of God. Where we get these misconceptions, I don't know. But a lot of times we have these things. And a lot of times because of these misconceptions we have, the church is not what it's supposed to be and your life is not what it's supposed to be. We're kind of halfway. We're not really full of God because we're, we don't want the Holy Spirit because we're scared or we're leery of it. We think that if we, we say we're walking about a spirit, we're these, these weird, fanatical people. I want to tell you something. In today's culture, if you're following Jesus Christ, you're weird and fanatical. So if you're worried about being weird and fanatical, then serving Jesus is not where you need to be because you're going to be weird and fanatical. And that's what I want to be. I want people to look at me and say, man, that Jeremy Lindsay. He's weird. They've been saying that my whole life. Chad's the one that started the rumor. But a lot of times, because of the, the misconception of the Holy Spirit, I think the biggest thing, the biggest three issues we have in the church today is that we have, number one, we have a lack of authenticity. There's a lot of fake people to go to church. Amen? It's because they're not allowing the spirit to, to, to rule their lives. We have a lack of purity in the church. There's people that, that come to church, but yet they don't want to change. They don't want to do the work and allow the Holy Spirit to guide them so that their life is changing. They're becoming more and more in the likeness of Christ. They want to come in and look good and be non-authentic. But they don't want to pursue God. They don't want to pursue purity, and that's, that's a big thing. And the last one is the lack of mission. There's a lack of mission in the church because people don't want to, You can't step out and be bold and share your faith if you don't have the Holy Spirit in you. Because I remember before when I was just a pew sitter, coming to church, partying on the weekend, I didn't tell anybody about Jesus. You know why? Because I couldn't. Why? Because my life didn't reflect Jesus Christ. I didn't care about telling anybody about Christ because coming to church was all about me. It's all about me. What about me growing? What about me learning how to be more like Christ? It was about me making my conscience feel better because of the stuff I did that weekend. Oh, I might have got drunk. I might have cussed out everybody at work. I might have been hateful and mean to my, to my family, but yet I went to church Sunday, so all oh, that gets erased now. Psych. That don't happen. But us living a life that's not authentic, not, and not being pure, not, not seeking out purity and not being on mission, all that, the Holy Spirit is the answer to. Amen? The Holy Spirit is the answer to that. Acts 1. Right there in Acts 1, uh, this, is, this is Luke. He's, he's telling, you know, after, this is after the resurrection of Christ, Jesus was, had, he had appeared to some people, and when he had, when he had appeared to some, some of his disciples, he tells them these things. He says, on verse 4, he says, on one occasion, while he was eating with them, he gave them this command. He said, don't leave Jerusalem but wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Then they gathered around him and asked him, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to Israel? And he said to them, it's not for you to know the times or the days the father has set by his own authority, but you will receive power. When the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in Judea and in Samaria and to the ends of the age. So in reading this, I want to ask you a question. Why? Why did Jesus say, don't move? Don't move. He says, don't move. Wait on the Holy Spirit. Don't move. Wait on the Holy Spirit. Why? Why? You see, up until this time, the disciples had been doing ministry in the presence of Jesus. And Jesus had been with them the whole time. So if they would have went out and did ministry without the Holy Spirit, they'd have been doing things without God. How many of us have been doing things? Been trying to do ministry or we're trying to, to we're trying to, to just live life. And we have failed time and time and time again. You know why? because we're doing it without the Holy Spirit. See, when the Holy Spirit, when we're saved, the Holy Spirit comes into our lives. When you're truly saved, the Holy Spirit comes in and it helps you live this life out for the glory of God. I don't know how many times I failed God before I really got saved. I thought I was living for Jesus. I thought I was doing those things. But every time I would try to, to quit cussing or to quit drinking or to, or to quit allow my temper to overcome me. I could do that for a few days, and the next thing you know, I was right back in that same group. You know why? Because I was doing it without the Holy Spirit. I was doing, trying to do it without God. I was trying to modify my behavior. See, I want you to understand that without the Holy Spirit in your life, you are powerless. You are powerless. You cannot, you cannot deal with sin on your own. You're powerless. We can't live this life without him. And I'm coming to you from a man that's tried. Tried to live it without him. Didn't work. Didn't work at all. So, so who is the Holy Spirit? All through Scripture, it's called. he's called the helper, the advocate, the teacher. He's God. So who is the Holy Spirit? Acts 1, 4 and 5 says, He calls them so on this occasion while he was eating with them. He gave them this command. He says, do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift the Father had promised. So the Holy Spirit is a gift to us. He's a gift. He's a gift. Have you ever been given a gift that you really didn't know what to do with? Come on, y'all looking at me like y'all ain't never got a gift at Christmas that you didn't look like. What am I gonna do with this thing? Come on. God's given you this, this awesome gift He sent Jesus, the whole reason for the cross, the whole reason for Jesus dying on the cross and being resurrected so that God could give you this gift of the Holy Spirit. That would enable you to walk this out. That would enable you to change. That would enable you to live a life of purpose. He's giving you this gift. And it's it's such a a practical gift because we can't live life without it. See, us men, we appreciate practical gifts. That's why we give you ladies at Christmas like vacuum cleaners and mixers and bowls. My wife is looking at me mighty mean right now. But y'all, don't want, y'all don't want nothing practical. Y'all want something pretty and shiny. But those men are like practical. Let me tell you something. If you allow the Holy Spirit to move in your life, if you even accept this gift that God's given you and really use it, you'll have not only practicality, but you'll shine before men. You'll shine before men. You see... He talks about the baptism of John and the baptism of Holy Spirit. You see, the baptism of John was the acknowledgement of God. That those, that those that got baptized by John the Baptist, the Holy Spirit hadn't came yet. Jesus hadn't fulfilled his purpose yet. So they were just acknowledging that they were going to follow Jesus. They were going to follow Christ. That's what baptism is. It's an acknowledgement. It's like, I have decided to follow Jesus. But see, if you just get wet and you're not filled with the Holy Spirit, you're not not really pursuing God, then guess what? You're not going to live a life victoriously for Jesus. You're just going to go through the motions. You're going to be this non-authentic person, this fake person. And Jesus said, when you're truly saved, I'm going to fill you with the Holy Spirit. I'm going to seal you with the Holy Spirit. And there's a a huge difference. Can anybody here testify to the difference? There's a huge difference. Because I got wet one time. And it didn't mean nothing. But when I, got, when I got baptized the second time, I was truly filled with the Spirit. I was truly changed. I was able to live this life out and follow God and pursue Him. There's a difference, guys. You know, I, I think about, it was just a crazy, a crazy time in my life. I, had, I was going through this stuff. God was speaking to my heart, but I was telling Him, no. I was telling Him, I, I don't have time. Uh, God, I don't want to do these things. I don't want to change. I got all these friends. I'm I'm popular. Finally, I'm popular. I got all these friends. They want to go hang out with me. I got people fighting and mad at me because I won't go hang out with this group. I'm hanging out with this group. God, I can't can't stop this party crowd because, you know, I'm, I'm popular finally. I can't do that. No. It was a Friday night. I went out partying. It lasted till Saturday morning. We did that thing one weekend. I went to church that Sunday. Good, I got up Monday morning. And I was like, whew, fresh slate. Went to work, cussing like a sailor. My, my salvation, I didn't have any salvation. I was just going through the motions. I was fake. I was going that Friday to a men's conference. And when I went to that men's conference, I don't know, something was different. The last night of that men's conference, I can't explain it, but... The thing is, is that man, that man was preaching. I didn't hear anything he said until the last sentence. He said, when you're following, a lot, you, a lot of you think you're following God because you go to church. But it's not about going to church. It's about a relationship. And when he said that, the lights come on. And I began to break, and I, and, and I went down front between 5,000 men, and I told this story a a lot of times from this pulpit, but I want you to understand and get this. When I went down and I prayed and I gave my life to Jesus Christ for real that time, when I got up off my knees, I was a different man. That instance, the Holy Spirit filled my body. And there was something in me different than ever before. I had the desire to be different when before I didn't didn't have that. I had had uh, this desire. I got home and I had to brush my Bible off to get the dust off of it. I wanted to read this thing. But before, I just put it in the closet. There's a difference when you're filled with the Holy Spirit. See, John 14, if you want to turn there with me, it talks about the Holy Spirit in a way that, that I want you guys to get a hold of. John 14, 15, when you get there, say Amen. All right, y'all getting quicker at this stuff. Verse 15 says, if you love me, keep my commands. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to help you and to be with you forever. The spirit of truth, the world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him, for he lives within you and will be with you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. The beginning of that, in the first part of verse 15, he says, if you love me, if you love me, you will keep my commands. If you love me, you will keep my commands. And I begin to think about, if you love me, I love my wife. When when me and my wife got married, I didn't know this until I got married, but when you get married, your life no longer becomes about you. <laughs> That's good stuff back in the back room. It becomes about your, your, your priority change. It's a, you're, really, you're starting to center your lives around each other, two becoming one. That's what God's Word says. So my life becomes to be centered around my wife, and we, we did stuff together. God's saying, if you truly love me, you're going to center your life around me. Amen? But a lot of times, we're not centering our life around God. We make a commitment, and we're like, okay, well, good. I can go to heaven now. No. Did that commitment mean anything? You know how it shows up? If you center your life around Jesus Christ. He says, if you love me, you'll keep my commands. Not that you will think about it. Not that you'll think it's a good idea. Not that you'll plan on it. But you will keep my commands. So the reason a lot of you are struggling, a lot of of reasons why some of you haven't seen a change in your life, because you really don't love Jesus. And I know that's hard this morning, but the reality is this, you will change if you love somebody. You will do the hard work it takes to please somebody if you truly love them. And if I truly love God, it may cost me my life, but I'm going to do whatever it takes to please him. Amen? So the question is, do you love God? He says, if you love me, you will keep my commands. See, it goes on talking about an advocate. The King James Version, that word, instead of advocate, it says comforter. I know a lot of you have King James, the King James, so we're going to talk about it. It says the comforter, not advocate. And really, the word comforter, it means, I love this, it means called alongside to assist, to comfort you, to come alongside of you. You know, so a lot of times we think comfort is something that is soothing someone or consoling someone. But in this this context, it's true. but, But true comfort strengthens you, strengthens us to face life bravely and to keep on going. When I have somebody that comforts me when I'm struggling, you know what they do? They come alongside me. They encourage me to keep on going in the direction I'm going. And that's what the Holy Spirit does when we're struggling, when we're broken, he comes alongside of us and he reminds us of who we are in Christ and he's, he's, we're going on. Amen? That's what he's supposed to do. That's what's supposed to happen in our hearts. See, the Holy Spirit has come to assist you. The Holy Spirit doesn't do the work instead of you. See, God is God. He can just all of a sudden, the moment you get saved, bam. You're perfect, you're programmed, you do everything he says to do. You can love people that hate you can't do that. It's hard to do that, right? Y'all look at me like the only one in this room like, struggles with that sometimes. He could have done that, but he didn't. Why? Because he wanted you to understand that you couldn't get to heaven on your own, that you have to allow God to come alongside you and walk with you every step of the way. I had a motorcycle accident in 2010 where I messed up my leg. Never have, I've been, I'm, I'm very independent very independent. Don't help me do nothing. I can do this on my own. Just back up. Watch me go. I'm going to do this thing. It's my whole, always been my attitude. And I messed up my leg. I couldn't walk. I had to have crutches. Sabrina had to help me to the bathroom. Let me tell you, that is one humbling experience right there. But I got to realize that she was now not just my wife, but she was my helper. She had to help me everywhere. And it made me realize that's what the Holy Spirit is, to come alongside and to help you. Don't shun him. Don't say, I don't want that. You have to allow the God to help you. See, a lot of times the Holy Spirit is telling you to do things. A lot of times the Holy Spirit is coming along to comfort you and encourage you, but you're like, you know what? I don't have time for that right now. I don't have time for that. You know what he do? He'll back up and say, all right, do it. Do it. Some of you in this room need to allow the Holy Spirit to start guiding you and leading your life. Allow him to comfort you and help you. So he's our comforter. See, for him being our comforter, it doesn't rob us of responsibility or make things easy for us. See, a lot of times, it just helps him. He's helping us walk through life. The Word also calls, him, calls the Holy Spirit as the encourager. If you've ever been in a deep, dark spot, and you didn't know where to turn, and God spoke to you, you understand how he can be your encourager. I've been there. God, what do I do? What's going on? I feel like everybody hates me. What's going on? What did I do wrong? And it's like in that moment, God's saying, look, you're my son for whom I'm well pleased. Keep fighting, keep walking, keep taking those steps. He's your encourager. I love this. In 1 John 2, 1, it's referred to, he's referred to as the Advocate. Advocate is one who, who represents you in court and stands at your side to plead your case. The Holy Spirit is your advocate to the Father. He's your advocate to the Father. When, when, when the roll is called up, on honor, when it's your time on this earth, the Holy Spirit is going to say, you know what? When they call up there and say, you know what? Chase Conway. Chase, Chase is up there before the Father and he's got his file and it's this thick. With stuff that he, that he that didn't do right, that he didn't please God, is this thick. And the Holy Spirit's up there and he's like to present the case to God. He's like, let me see that. And the Holy Spirit takes that case and he shrinks it down. He has his hand over it and he says, There's nothing here. There's nothing here because of the blood of Jesus on Chase's life. He petitions to that, to the Father for you. That's who the Holy Spirit is. The Holy Spirit loves you and cares about you. Verse 17, he's called, he's called the Spirit of Truth. So the Holy Spirit is, in, is, Jesus is talking about how, how the Holy Spirit is the Spirit of Truth. So if there's a Spirit of Truth, there cannot be any lies. Amen? There's a Spirit of Truth. So if we're walking by the Holy Spirit, then is our life going to be a lie? Come on. Yeah or no? No. If we're saying we're a follower of Christ and we're walking by the Spirit, then our life will reflect Jesus. Amen? We won't be living a double life if we're led by the Spirit. See, since he is the Spirit of truth, the Holy Spirit can't lie, can't be associated with lies. He will never lead you to do anything contrary to God's Word. It won't, just won't happen. In Acts 2, 38 and 39, says this. says, Peter replied, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for forgiveness of your sins. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The promise is for you and your children and for all who are far off. Far for all whom the Lord our God will call. So in that, he, he, the Holy Spirit is also, he's also the promise Amen? He's a promise. That if, we are, if we're truly pursuing God, if he is the center of our life, then we will be helped by the Holy Spirit. I love this part now. This speaks to me more now than I have a child. In verse 39, it says, the promise is for you and your children. How do your children get a hold of the promise? Get a hold of that gift? You got to pass it down. You got to pass it down. And guess what? For your children... To understand the gift of the Spirit for your children to understand what living by the Holy Spirit is, guess what, mom and daddy, grandma and granddaddy? That means you got to live it too. You got to pursue God in such a way that it just projects onto your kids. We've all seen we've all seen people that 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 are so spiritual at church, and their kids are living like hellions outside. And that's not exactly. Sometimes that's not that's not anything to do with, with the parents. Sometimes it's the kids just being rebellious, but a lot of the times it's because mom and daddy hadn't really been focused on God. They're focused on him on Sunday, but the rest of the week, it's whatever mom and daddy wants to do. We've got to be intentional if we want to pour that into our kids. Amen? Because they are a gift God's given us, and we're entrusted with them. Just be intentional. So let me say, if he comes when we're saved, if the Holy Spirit comes when we're saved, then why haven't, ask myself this, if this is you, some of you are asking, if he comes when I'm saved, then why haven't I experienced the Holy Spirit yet? Why haven't I experienced him? Are you asking yourself that? Have you experienced him? See, so many, some, so many people don't experience the Holy Spirit truly. They, haven't, they really haven't experienced him because they truly have not repented. See, God will use a broken vessel, but he won't use a dirty one. So we've got to allow God to clean us up. And how that happens is through repentance, amen? What's repentance? It's really just giving God everything, saying, God, look, I am am turning from this sin. I am sorry for this sin. And God, I'm turning from this, and I'm going to follow you. I'm not going to do this again. See, I read a quote this week that just, that just got me with this repentance thing. It's that J.D. Greer says that repentance has to be genuine. It has to be a genuine change in your heart towards God, not just an attempt to appear godly. It's a genuine change. And he used this example, which is was, which was great, an example of a, of a spouse changing their behavior to try to please the other spouse. One spouse is going to leave, so and instead what happens is they like, you know what? I'm going to change my behavior to what they want so that they don't leave me. They try to modify their behavior and change that. Well now, You know what happens? After a while, they realize that their spouse isn't going to leave, so they start going back to their old habits. They were trying to change their, their behavior instead of changing their heart toward their spouse. See, God does not want you to change your behavior. He wants you to change your heart towards him. He doesn't want you to think that he is the afterthought. He wants you to be the center He wants to be the center of your life. He don't want to be second. He wants to be number one. And when he has that place in your heart, that's when true repentance happens. When God is at the center of your being, you are sorry, so sorry when you do things against God. But you can walk any way you want to walk. You can do anything you want to do if you're just trying to change your behavior because you're not really sorry. You're just trying to change that behavior to please people. Is God the center of your life? Are you truly repented? Because you won't experience the Holy Spirit unless you have truly repented. Unless he truly has your heart. I'm telling you, without true repentance, you will never encounter the Holy Spirit. Never. Just walk, you want to know why your walk with God is dry? Because you're not truly repenting. You want to know why it's tough to, to read, your, read God's word? Because you really hadn't truly repented. He's not truly the center of your life. You may have made that commitment, and you're, maybe, you're trying to walk that out, but there's some things in your life that you haven't repented of. There's sins in your life that you're just trying to, you know, you know what, God, I'm just giving you this excuse of why I'm not doing this. If he's the center of your life, then you're going to do whatever it takes to please him, amen? Have you truly repented? See, we can, we can authentically follow Jesus only through the power of the Holy Spirit as a helper. So if you want to have an authentic walk with Christ, then you've got to make sure that you have truly repented, you're truly following him. So what does he do? What does the Holy Spirit do? John 14, John fourteen uh, yeah, verse 15 says, If you love me, you'll keep my commandments. So if you love him, you're following him, the Holy Spirit is is leading you, then you will be able to keep his commandments. You'll be able to keep God's law. You'll be able to follow Christ and please him. That's what the Holy Spirit enables you to do. To keep his commandments, what does that mean? It means I'm pursuing God so I have a pure heart. Amen? There's a lot of discussion why why is, is the church not pure? Church of America. Why 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 are people okay with sin? Why why aren't Christians really pursuing holiness and godliness? Why not? It's because he's not the center of us. Because if we truly love him, we'll keep his commands. If we truly love him, he will be his Holy Spirit will be in us helping us keep those commands. It all comes back to the Holy Spirit guiding us and leading us. Look, having a pure heart only comes from walking with the Holy Spirit. And I'm speaking from my own life. I did not have a desire to change anything in my life to please God until I was filled with the Holy Spirit, until I was truly saved. And some of you in here have not really experienced this because you're not truly saved. You're probably religious. You go to church. You've got this checklist, but does God rule your life? And that's when, when, when that happens. Let me tell you something. When that happens, when all of us in this room are, are sold out to Jesus Christ, hell can't stop the movement of God in this community. Because every single one of us will be pursuing him. Every single one of us can't keep God out of our mouth. So are you going to allow him to do that work in your heart this morning? Are you going to say, you know what? I don't want control, God. I don't want you to have it. I'm going to submit to the Holy Spirit today because I want a pure heart. John 16, 15 talks about how God makes himself known to those who are his. He says, all that belongs to the Father is mine. That's why I said that the Spirit will receive from me what he will make known to you. He will make himself known to you. When you have the Holy Spirit, you know you've got him. Amen? When you've got him, you know you got him. So guess what? If you're wondering today, do I have the Holy Spirit? Nope. Because I get, I wondered so much. What is this Holy Spirit thing? What is this stuff? Maybe I need to drink the water over there. I mean, maybe it's in the water. Come on, y'all act like y'all ain't ever thought that before. Come on. (laughs) Something in the water at that church. Let me go over there and drink that water. Maybe I can get it then. No. When you're truly saved and truly following Christ, at that moment is when you will be filled with the Holy Spirit. You have not because you won't not. Titus chapter 3 verse 5 says, He saves us not because of righteous things we have done, but because of his mercy. He saves us through the washing and rebirth and renewal of the Holy Spirit, whom he poured out on us generously through Jesus Christ our Savior. The Holy Spirit renews us. He helps renew us. See, see, the purpose isn't for you to make a commitment and get baptized and then come to church. It's for you to be made, made new in the likeness of Jesus Christ. Amen? I think about it all the time. If, if, if you buy an old car to restore, you're not just going to purchase the car and put it in the garage and say that you've got to restore a car because everybody will know that you're lying when they see it. You know what you do when you give an old car and you're going to restore it? You start taking out the junk and you start replacing it with new stuff. The reason a lot of you are not experiencing the Holy Spirit to the level that you should or that you want to is because there's still some junk in there. And until you get the junk out, you're not going to experience it because the purpose of the Holy Spirit, what He does is He renews you. I'm not happy with where I am right now. Can you say that? Are you happy where you are? I'm not happy where I am. I want to be more, made born to the likeness of Jesus. I want to be more like Christ tomorrow, amen? amen? But that happens through me activating my faith and saying, all right, Jesus, you said this doesn't please you, so I don't want it. I'm finna to take it out. And a lot of times what happens too is there may be things that's hard to get out. Maybe you need to apply, apply, apply a little more pressure. Maybe you need to do a little more praying. Maybe you need to get on your knees a little harder and saying, God, I can't get this out on my own. I need you. When I first started my walk with God, I, I stumbled a lot. My, I, my walk with Christ was a lot like Bambi when he was born. I stood up, my legs were wobbly, and I tried to run and I'd fall down. I was trying to run as hard as I could for God, but I, I just didn't have the knowledge to know what was right and what was wrong. I kept fumbling, but I knew something wasn't right. I knew that my language did not please God. And I know I've told you this before, but I'm just, I'm going to keep telling you till you get it. I kept, I kept falling, I kept falling, And I realized that my language didn't please God. You know what I did? I love Jesus enough to say, I'd rather not eat. I want to fast, God, because I can't conquer this on my own. Is there sin in your life that maybe you need to fast and say, God, remove this? Because that shows your intentionality of your heart of saying, God, I'd rather do without food because I want to please you more than I want to eat. I want you more than I want this in my life. Are you happy where you are? And man, it's, it's addictive to me. When I see God remove sin in my life, I'm like, ooh, let me get another one. Let me get another one. As soon as he removed that in my life, the alcohol addiction was something in my life too. He removed that too, the same way. You're not not being renewed because you don't want to be renewed. That's the thing. When you want it, you'll do it. When you want it, you'll do it. And the Holy Spirit is telling us. A lot of times, each Sunday, He's telling us things that we need to be changing, things that we need to be moving, and junk needs to get out so that we can follow Him more intentionally. But do you listen to Him? See, being filled with the Holy Spirit is evidence of your true salvation. It's it's evidence of your true salvation. Let that sink in this morning. So why haven't you experienced the Holy Spirit? Are you pursuing God after your commitment to follow Him? Is that what you're doing? Are you pursuing God after your commitment to follow Him? We've had 45 people Make professions of faith since January. Let me ask you a new Christian. Are you pursuing God after your commitment? Are you pursuing God after your commitment? Are you seeking after God so that you may know his voice, the voice of the Holy Spirit? Are you seeking that? Are you allowing him to renew you? So what's the purpose? What's the purpose? What's the purpose of all this? What's the purpose of us growing? What's the purpose of us changing? What's the purpose of even listening to the Holy Spirit? Why? Why? Because He's God. Right? He's God. And if i reverent God, I'm going to listen to the Holy Spirit. I want to change. I want to be what the Holy Spirit says that He wants me to be. See, there's a necessity of being filled with the Holy Spirit, and there's a purpose in it. When He comes alongside you and helps you, So, what does he do to help us? He helps us become more like the character of Christ, right? Being renewed. We talked about that. He convicts us when we stray away. He convicts us when we stray away. The Holy Spirit convicts you when you're truly saved. He convicts you when you stray. There was a time I was, I just gotten saved, and, and I, 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 mean, I was telling everybody about Jesus. Man, I was bold, I was telling people at work, I was doing all this stuff. Well, they, you know, they, they changed my position at work and they moved me to Savannah. And for this new position, I had to to be in Savannah at 6 o'clock in the morning. So I was leaving the house at 5 because I drive really fast. And uh, I I, I left the house at 5, so I had to get up at 4. And I was driving, I was working all day, and then I'd leave and I'd get home sometimes at 9 and 10 o'clock at night and do it all over again. So I understand what it means about having a crazy schedule. I was doing that over, over a period of time, and, I, and the first couple of weeks, man, I was listening to Jesus' music on the way riding, and I was, man, I was, I was listening to sermons by the end of about the third week. I was just riding mad about what happened yesterday. I was thinking about, you know what? Let that joker say one more thing. Let him say it today. Today is going to be today. I was thinking those things. And as those things were going on my mind, I got to work one day and when I got to work, that man said the thing he shouldn't have said that day. And I lost it. And that bad mouth that God delivered from me, delivered me from, guess what, it came back. Because I wasn't pursuing Christ. You know, the next thing that hit my mind, the only way you're going to be able to get rid of this is you need to go get you a good cold drink. That desire came back. You know Why? because I had strayed from the Father. How many of you in this room have strayed from Jesus? Things from the past are starting to creep back in because you're not pursuing him like you committed your life to, like you said you were going to do. It's all about pursuit, guys. And if we center our life around him, when those things happened, the conviction will hit me. Man, it hit me like a ton of bricks. As soon as those things, I realized those things, I cried all the way home. That surprises any of you guys. And I went back to work the next day and realizing what God, what had happened, I said, you know what, God, I am so sorry. Please forgive me. And I started making plans to change. Maybe today you need to start making plans to change. The Holy Spirit also gives us gifts to be able to do ministry. He gives all of us certain gifts to be able to do ministry well. But you won't be trying to figure out how you can serve God until you're really being focused on the Holy Spirit and being moved and directed by him. See, he gives us gifts, gives us purpose in ministry. See, a lot of times we focus on the experience of the Holy Spirit and we forget that there's a purpose in all this for us to live a life of mission for Jesus. And if we're centered on Christ, everybody around us will see that we're different and we're really pursuing Him and they'll want what you have. You want to know why people don't want what you have? Because you don't have Jesus. And I know that's hard this morning, but that's the reality. We live, a, we live in a world right now with a with a view of thinking, you know, I can paint my life outside, and people can I can paint the outside of the house. With this immaculate color and I can put this facade out and people can think that the house is beautiful, but inside it's dirty and it's eaten up with termites. Nobody's going to buy that house when they see the inside. A lot of times our family don't buy into the deal that we're following Christ it's because they see the inside is still dirty. And the Holy Spirit's not going to live in a dirty place. So it was a day today day for you to clean up. See, we can only stay on mission through the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. So if you're not driven today for the mission of Christ, then then in reality, you're not filled with the Spirit. Before I was filled with the Spirit, I didn't care about telling anybody about Christ. I didn't care about doing life on anybody. Somebody wanted to hold me accountable? Uh Uh-uh, didn't want no part of that. You know why? Because I did not know Jesus. So as we close, and aren't you glad we are? See, once we become a father of Jesus, we allow the Holy Spirit. We allow the Holy Spirit to navigate our lives. He's the helper. He comes alongside of us. It's a lot like the GPS in your car. It don't make you drive somewhere, but it gives you the right directions. At least most of the time. But the Holy Spirit gives you the right directions all the time. But the problem is, you'll listen to that GPS more than you'll listen to God. That thing says turn left, you turn left. That thing turn right, you turn right. You know why? Because you want to get to your destination on time. Mmm. Think about that for a minute. If all, our, all of us have a destination church, it's one place or the other. Some of you have been riding around for so long, you just recalculate, recalculate, recalculate. Maybe today's the day to straighten the wheel out and listen to God and allow Him to start navigating your life. That's what the Holy Spirit does. But the only way that happens, you got to listen, you got to surrender, and you got to follow. Is that what you need to do today? See, the problem is most people think the Holy Spirit is this loud voice, but it's a gentle spirit. It's a gentle voice inside that's saying, Jeremy, go you know this. That, it was a gentle voice that, that day in the back row of an auditorium that held 5,000 men. That small voice that says, Jeremy, you've never surrendered. Jeremy, you're, you're just playing games. You may paint a pretty picture, but you're rotten inside. It was that small voice. And I know we want him to say, get up! Get out of here! Do what you're supposed to do! But he don't do that. Because if you really love Jesus, you'll listen to that small voice that's telling you to surrender. See, I dare ask you how many times you've told the Holy Spirit, not now, maybe later. Not today, Lord. Maybe maybe today you need to come back to where you have strayed from God and ask for forgiveness of your stubbornness. Maybe you need to surrender that pride of thinking you're always right. Maybe you need to submit to what the Holy Spirit has been leading you to do, but you've been saying, no, maybe you need to do that today. You see, maybe Today, you need to come to God and you're like, God, I don't have a pure heart. It's full of malice. It's full of bitterness. There are situations that happened in my family that God I just can't let go of. Maybe you need to come and surrender that to God because that's hindering the Holy Spirit moving in your life. You can't hold on to sin and expect to be led by the Spirit. It don't work that way. Because we have to desire to follow God more than us being in control. And for you holding on to that sin, it's saying, I want to stay in control. Maybe you need to surrender today. If you type in heaven, your GPS this morning, I hope it redirects you out of your seat and up to this altar. Because if you sit in that seat, you know what it's saying? Recalculating, 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 because you think you know know the way better than God does. Are you going to surrender today? Maybe today is time for you to submit to the leadership of the Holy Spirit in your life and take your next step. Maybe that's baptism. We're having baptism service next week. Maybe you need to really surrender your life so you can follow through and believe in baptism. Maybe you need to do that. Maybe you need to get saved. Maybe you need to really surrender today. Maybe you need to say, you know what? Holy Spirit's been telling me that I need, to, I need community. You need to get in connect group so you can grow and grow with, people, with other people in the likeness of Christ. Maybe you, maybe you need to say, you know what? I need to get involved. I need to serve. I want to serve God because he served me. Maybe you need to get involved in that. That's why we have next steps. That's why we try to encourage you. We always want you to be taking your next step because if you're not taking your next step, you're being stagnant. There's no such thing as a stagnant Christian. We're always growing, amen? God's refurbishing us as we take those next steps. So maybe today you may may need to say, God, help me be more focused on the mission. Maybe today you need to stop pointing to what everybody else is not doing and focus on what you're not doing. Maybe you need to say, God, show me what you want me to do. Maybe you need to do that. Maybe today you need the Holy Spirit to change your perspective. Chad and I were talking about this this morning, that life is not really about here now, is it? Is life about right now? It's about eternity, amen? We have 70 to 80 years on this earth. That's all we got. And if we're looking at eternity, if we tr- you truly believe that Jesus Christ came and died so that we can have eternal life if we follow him, then eternity is where you should be focused, amen? And if our perspective is on eternity, then we're gonna do what makes any difference for eternity, amen? If we believe that, that hell is hot and forever, And we don't want our family going there. We're going to to dive into God's word. And we're going to say, God, use me. God, make me. God, mold me so that I can be the impact in my family so that they will know you. But you're not going to do that if you're not focused on the mission, not focused on eternity. Maybe you need your perspective to change today. Maybe you need God to say, God, help me not focus on where I am right now. Help me not focus on, on, on my life right now. Help me focus on you and everything I do is centered on that. Maybe you need to say, Lord, here am I, send me. Maybe you need to realize that you've never really been filled with the Holy Spirit. That you've been going around being empty. You've been painting a picture. Maybe you need to surrender today. You may have made a profession of faith one time to try to approve other people. Maybe you try to do it for show. Maybe you did it for all the wrong reasons. You never did it to really please God and to follow Him. Maybe today you need to do that so that you can be filled with the Holy Spirit and you can follow Jesus Christ. You will never, ever, ever encounter God the way God wants you to encounter Him unless you surrender, unless you follow Him. You want to know a life full of excitement? People are always looking for, the, for something exciting. You know what gets me going more than anything? is when the Holy Spirit tells me to do something, and I do it. And I do it. I've jumped out of an airplane, a perfectly good airplane. I've skydived and did get the rush that I have when, I, when I'm doing and obeying God because I got the God of the universe telling me and I'm obeying Him. Do you want that? Maybe you need to follow Him today. And surrender to Him today. Only you know your heart. But guys, I just want to challenge you. There's more to life than this mundane, every single day grind that we're in. There's more to life in that. If we're looking to life with eternity in the cross areas, then we will change how we talk to our coworkers, how we talk to our family. We'll change how we prioritize things. If eternity truly matters to you, then you will change What you're doing. You won't give those excuses. Well, I ain't had time to read my Bible. You know why? Because you will desire to know God so more, so much more than you ever had before that you can't not read your Bible. It's eternity in your crosshairs. Because this ain't a game. This ain't a club. I don't want that. I want. True followers of Jesus Christ. And if we're going to accomplish the vision God's given us, we got to, all of us have to surrender to the Holy Spirit and do what He says do. So, what is He telling you to do today? As the band comes up, when I start praying, you guys are welcome to start moving. you come to this altar, if you need to surrender stuff to God, give it to him right here. If you need to change your perspective, if you need God to move, that's what you need to do. Are you going to allow him to navigate your life this morning, or are you going to sit there and keep recalculating? Are you going to sit there and say, not today, God? If you keep saying not today, there might not ever be a day. If you need to really truly surrender your life, I'm going to be standing right over here in this corner on the left-hand side of this stage. If you truly want to follow Jesus, then come and let's pray. I want to help you take your next step. Let's pray. God, In this silence, Lord, is where we can hear your still, small voice. Oftentimes, Lord, in my walk with you, you said, be still and know that I am the Lord, your God. Father, I just pray you would speak to the hearts of these people, Lord. I pray, God, that you would speak to the heart of the Christian that holding on to sin, Lord, pray, God, that you would move in their hearts. God, I pray that, Lord, the person here that's been walking a life that's dull, that there's not any power in your spirit, that don't even know if they're filled with your spirit, I pray, God, you would call them to salvation this morning. Lord, I pray for true repentance today, God. I pray you would consume us with your Holy Spirit, Lord, so that we are truly repentant. We're truly changing. We're truly pursuing you, God. I pray, God, that you would move, Lord, and as you as we're trying to pursue you, Lord. There's a of stuff in our lives here, Lord. There's, I pray for the Christian right now that, that has junk in their life that they're not dealing with. I pray, God, that you would speak directly to it right now, Lord. I pray, God, you would apply the pressure that's needed for them to break, God. Holy Spirit, I pray that everyone in this room would experience your power this morning. God, you're the chain breaker. God, you're the way maker. Lord, you're the prison wall shaker. I pray, God, you would just shake the walls of the things in our life that imprison us, Lord. I pray, God, you would give us the boldness to step out and take our next step. Lord, I'm reminded of Peter, Lord, when the waves were rushing around and his life seemed so crazy. It didn't make any sense for him to step out of that boat he was in. But he's seeing you, Lord. And he said, God, if that's you, Jesus, that's you, bid me to come. And Jesus said, come. Lord, I pray that you would bid someone to come this morning. And they would take the step out of the boat they're in, and they would take, start taking steps toward you in faith. Just pray, God, that you would move in our hearts, and we would realize that you're enough. Nothing else matters but you. Move, God. Please change us. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen.